Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren. Are we live? We are live, Dr. Cohen, with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I said your name in the intro, but go ahead and introduce yourself anyways. Well, I don't think I need any. No, I do. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. And who are you? I am Lauren Taylor. And very excited to be here yes. uh, with Gross Anatomy. Gross Anatomy podcast. Um, well, I don't know what you wanted to get into. I've, I kind of got an outline for this episode. So if you want to go different direction, just let me know. I don't know what you want to get into, but I want to get into whatever you tell me. Okay. So unfortunately there are more celebrity deaths. You know, they always say they come in threes. Recently there was like Bob Saget, Meatloaf and Louis Anderson. Yeah. So I was kind of looking at each of them. And the one thing that surprised me about Bob Saget that I did not know is that his sister died at the age of 47 from scleroderma, which I hadn't, I didn't, I don't think I've ever heard of before. Apparently there's like 125,000 active cases in the U S and they think maybe 2.5 million worldwide, but it, it sounds so painful and disturbing. Like she was diagnosed at 44 and she died like two years later. Wow. Yeah. So can you explain what that is? What did you learn about? (laughs) Well, so I found out it was a disease that strikes mostly women in the prime of their lives. And that it's like an incurable chronic disease that produces hard skin or it means hard skin. And in some patients, it just causes scarring in the lungs and on the skin changes a person's appearance. And I guess they just die because they can't breathe. I'm not really sure. It just sounds so terrible. Yeah. What's interesting, you know, I've seen a, a few patients with scleroderma. It's, it's definitely not something I treat or take care of, but there kind of is a look, you know, patients kind of develop a, a, a look of scleroderma, like you said, hard skin, and they kind of, you know, their face kind of tightens and, and there definitely is a look uh, related to it. You know, you could just kind of see it in the face and in the, and in the skin and, and it's kind of interesting, but it's kind of like a lupus kind of thing, you know, like an autoimmune kind of disease um, or like the rheumatoid arthritis kind of diseases. It's like all lumped into all of those kinds of rheumatologic diseases. Um, but it has a lot, it, it could be mild, but it could also be quite severe. Some people can live with it. From, from, from what I understand, it, it, because it's not really something that, that I take care of, but, but I do believe that there are slower progressions of scleroderma, if I'm not mistaken, but don't, but don't, Talk yeah. to your doctor. Don't hold me as, as the expert on this one. Well, hopefully too. I think she died in 1992. So he's, since he's been doing, or he was doing like uh, fundraising for it and they've raised $35 million since the time he started fundraising for this disease. So maybe they have had some advancements since then too, where people can live longer, but it just says it causes like a profound loss of lung function over an extended period of time. So I don't know. But now add that to my hypochondria list. Sounds terrible. And it affects women for some reason. Women more than men. Yes. Yes. But but it, it could affect men as well. But women more than men. Yeah. Middle age. Yeah. Young to middle age, which is nuts. You know, 
Well, it seems like Bob Saget, Meatloaf, and Louis Anderson were really nice guys. They all got tributes pouring in, but I just didn't know that specific thing about Bob Saget and that disease that he was fundraising for. So I thought that was interesting. Yes. But speaking of celebrity deaths, you know how they say celebrities die in threes or it's like the rule of threes? I don't think celebrities die in threes. I think crap happens in threes, like stuff happens in threes. Oh, I was thought it was like, well, I saw it on 30 Rock episode. It was like the rule, the rule of threes, like celebrities die in threes. It's a thing. But, I think it's just the rule of threes. that. that oh, really I thought you were referring to it's also happening to you with your surgeries. You right. Using it as a general rule. So it doesn't, yeah. you see it in surgery. Like you just had three of the same surgeries. It's a general rule. Like stuff happens in threes. Like weird stuff happens in threes. That's, that's kind oh, of. Oh, okay. I never knew that. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so you got your third, uh, but that's, but that's like urban legend, you know, that stuff happens in threes, you know, it's made up, but still, you know, then you tend to see it. So, right. You, you see know, a pattern because you're aware of it. Right. Exactly. And so I think you're alluding to the fact that it's been years since my partners and I have had to deal with rectal foreign bodies, you know, as we, we do a lot of general surgery work and two of my partners are colon and rectal surgeons. So, you know, every now and then a patient comes in having put something up their butt uh, and they can't get it out. And it's funny, we hadn't, I haven't had to deal with a patient like that in literally years. I mean, at least 10 years. And then all of a sudden, since Thanksgiving, we just had three patients now with different, different crazy items up their butts that we had to take to the operating room. And one of them, we actually had to cut open their abdomen to get it to help milk it out. The other two, luckily, we were able to just remove transanally, believe it or not, shoving our hands up, up the person's rectum and, and we got it out. So what, what were the three things? The, the, the first one was a giant dildo, giant. The second one was like a bottle of like dove hair care product. And then this most recent one was an electric toothbrush. Wow. But that yeah. one didn't require surgery. That one they were able to remove uh, just transanally. But, but the one, the one of the three, the one that was the dove hair product thing, we actually had to open up the patient's abdomen. And the reason is, is the patient had put it up there as a New Year's Eve dare, that's what the patient claimed, and then waited like five or six days with it in there, finally unable to have a bowel movement to poop, and finally came in saying, hey, I, I did this thing. And what's interesting is, is the, the colon, the rectum acts as like a vacuum. If something gets in there, it kind of just like sucks it up. And with the two other items, we were able to grab them, but this, this dove shaped bottle was just like perfectly uh, created that there was nothing for us to grab onto. It was too long and smooth and we couldn't get a handle on it. So that's why we couldn't, we couldn't bring it down. Did you call the dove company and tell them that they need to re reconfigure their bottle for, for <laughs> or provide a, another warning label? No, not, not really. Oh, but it was like fresh smelling hairspray is what was in the dove bottle. Clearly so, people are not listening to this podcast. Cause I feel like past few podcasts, this is the third time we're trying to remind people don't do these dares. It's not worth is it, it. The third time we mentioned it. Uh, well, no, you, you just said rule of three. So this is the third time 
we've uh, had a gross anatomy story about a foreign body removal, which always, when you say it, I just think of the movie Aliens. It sounds yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it'll end with the threes and, and it won't become the rule of fours is what I'm really hoping. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a weird segue, but you put the gross in gross anatomy, which I appreciate. There you go. We always try to get some gross going. I know. Well, so I was looking up like, cause we're talking about celebrity deaths and people dying. What's a key to longevity. And apparently in the blue zones, you know, that's like the five regions where the people live the longest. Yes. They found that they all eat these anti-inflammatory foods, which me being vegetarian, you being plant-based, I feel like you eat as well. So they're beans, whole grains, sweet potatoes, tofu, olive oil, all of which I get a lot of. And then tomatoes, fresh fruit, squash, leafy greens, nuts and seeds. I'm like, I feel like I'm nailing this. So hopefully there there's some truth to the longevity anti-employment. You may have to move to the blue zone, though. I, I don't think it's okay living in Washington, D.C. in the state's capital. That's not one of the blue zones. People do not live the longest here. That is for sure. No, and it also has to do with exercise. Like those people, like, you know, they walk to go get their food, like in all those areas. They're walking up hills, walking down hills. Like they all have that in common, too. It's definitely exercise. But the other thing that I noted from learning about the blue zones was that the elderly are a, are a strong part of the community. They're not just like put in homes left to die. They're, they're very much part of the community. There's a big family component to things. And they're, they're still actively part of the family and the community. And I, and I think that's a big key thing is 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 having is a is family is great but b is just staying active and busy and and busy with the family i think that's really important as well i think that's part of it too just like you're mentally stimulated too like you're always doing things seeing people like i don't know it's gotta help yeah it reminds me of you know the crate you always hear the crazy stories of you know someone worked so hard their whole lives and then at 75 or whatever age it is they retire and then you hear stories how, you know, a few months later or less than a year later, they die, you know, because they don't have any other stuff going on in their lives. Right. You anecdotally, you hear about that now and then, don't you? Yeah. And I mean, just just from watching my grandparents, like knock it out for the last 20 years of their lives. I'm like, I don't I feel like you got to get you got to have more sense of a community, just like you're saying. It's got to be yep. helpful for you. Well, I don't know. I guess this kind of has to do with longevity. It has to do with exercise. You wanted to talk about Peloton, which has been in the news a lot lately. So I've become a Pelotoner. I don't think it's, has it been a year? I think it's maybe a year now since I've been a Pelotoner. And and it's I have a love-hate relationship with Peloton. I I, I do like it that it provides a nice workout and, and the instructors are good. And sometimes like today, I did a great 80s new wave uh workout and I love 80s new wave so that was really fun uh biking what I don't like about it is one of the things I loved about exercising was when I would go to the gym is and and do like treadmill or whatever is that's when I would watch my tv shows you know I would put put it on my phone attach my headphones and pretend I wasn't working out I would be exercising and and I mean, I would be watching a TV show and it just so happened while I'm watching my TV show or movie, I'd be doing some exercise. And and that was great for me. So 
with the Peloton, you don't do that because you're doing this class, you know, it's kind of kind of like spinning. So so it's a love hate for me because I it's I've lost that ability to watch my shows. So that that's my feeling about Peloton. But I it, it has been good. I mean, it really if you if you're fully participating in the workouts, you really could get a really good workout, even in just 15 or 20 minutes, which is nice. It's getting hammered on Wall Street, though. Have you? I know. So I I didn't really look into it because I figured you were going to talk about it. But is it just because everyone already has a Peloton? Like it went through that COVID surge and now it's like. It's definitely not that everybody has a Peloton. It's that I think and I was one of the idiots who bought a little bit of the stock when it was high at the, you know, at the height of things. So, you know, initially with lockdown, with COVID, everybody's like, oh, Peloton, it's a great idea. So a ton of people started buying both the stock and actual Pelotons with COVID and gyms being closed. And then with the lockdown not existing, at least right now, and things opening up and gyms opening up, people are going back to the gym. I think people aren't ordering as many Pelotons. So there's a lot less ordering of Peloton because people, a lot of people prefer to go to the gym. I don't necessarily prefer, I actually like the Peloton and like working out alone. That's something I prefer, even if I were on a treadmill listening, watching my show. But I think a lot of people, so that's one thing is that people just aren't buying as many Pelotons. And I think because of that, a lot of people started selling the stock. And I think the stock was really heightened and kind of falsely elevated because of the frenzy of of what happened. And I think now it's kind of back down to its real numbers. And and I think there's a bit of a change maybe in leadership and direction going forward. And then they had some lawsuits earlier on. And then they even had some production issues where they were ordering Pelotons and they just weren't, there weren't enough Pelotons to, they weren't getting it to, to people who were buying it fast enough. And so that was a big issue too. So I think it's it's multifactorial. I'm rooting for Peloton. I know it was also on a Sex in the City episode where... Yeah, that's how Mr. Big died. And then I just read in the show Billions that their like season six uh, premiere, someone um, has a heart attack on a Peloton as well. Like that was that's their funny. opening thing. But apparently he re- recovers, I think. But still, um, Peloton issued a statement after saying that they did not give the approval and that um, exercise is good for you. It's, you know, like it's supposed to decrease your risk of having a heart attack. They had to put out a whole statement. They're like, uh, I think they're weren't happy about the second TV death. No, but I, but the reality is I think all that stuff is probably, actually, I don't know if it's good advertising. I was going to say that, you know, there's no such thing as bad press to some degree. So I wonder but it, it might put a negative spin. So I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure how that plays out big picture. I mean, the whole, wasn't it Peloton that got bad press right away and that like gave them good business? Weren't they the ones that got in trouble for an advertisement? Like a skinny girl, like her husband got her a Peloton basically being like lose weight. And people were like, what's wrong with this commercial? Cause she was already like skinny. I feel like it was like, it started with bad press and then it like made them huge. So I also think, I also agree with you. Like, do you really need their permission to put it in the TV show? I mean, usually brands pay a lot of money to be in big TV shows like Billions and Sex in the City. So it should be, I'm sure it's not really that bad of advertising for them. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. I'm not sure. What yeah. else? So we wanted to talk about what we've seen. So you said 
watch Don't Look Up and watch The Shrink Next Door, the first episode on Apple TV, which I did both. Did you have homework? Did you so do which homework? Is, which do you want to talk about? I'm ready. You're ready? Uh-huh. What do you want to talk about first? Um, well, The Shrink Next Door, I listened to that whole podcast series. Um, it was a podcast series? It was a podcast. It's another one, just like Dr. Death that they did. Um, that's on Peacock that they turned into a TV show. This it's one based on a true story. Yes. And this one's also based on a true story. And the podcast is also called The Shrink Next or just like the Apple TV show um, that they made about it. So you listened to the whole the whole podcast? Listen to the whole thing. It was it was okay. When? Today? No, like years ago. Really? Or maybe like last year. Okay. And and I thought the podcast was pretty good. I don't, I didn't really see it becoming a TV show at all. So, and I also feel like the first episode kind of told almost the entire story. So I'm kind of curious what the other seven episodes are going to do. The first episode of the, of the TV show, you think pretty much told the whole story. I mean, it gave the highlights, I guess it didn't get into like, so I guess for our audience that doesn't know this psychiatrist, the shrink takes advantage of one of his patients, takes over his life for 27 years. Really. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know all about that. Well, that's what it was saying in the first episode. Remember, he hadn't seen his sister for 27 years. Okay, so then it doesn't give a lot of weight. I just know it. But he hadn't seen his sister for 27 years because of the shrink. Wow. So he was just controlling his life and like who he could see, who he couldn't see, taking over his house, you know, like his beach house, like it said in the first one and all just completely controlling him. Mind, I mean, he's he's supposed to help him mentally but he was taking advantage of him. See, I didn't, I didn't get that from the pilot. I, you I didn't. Thought, okay. No, from the pilot, it seemed like he really was trying to help the guy. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's, so that's kind of a disadvantage to have listened to the podcast then. Like if I watched it just as a show, I'd probably prefer it. Yeah. That the, the sense I got was inappropriately like a little too close, a little too weird, but it really seemed like he was truly trying to help him. And and my sense was, is that they become friends and then somehow they have some weird falling out. That was that was kind of my sense of the of the pot from the pilot. OK, well, A, I didn't mean to ruin the whole show. for you. <laughs> B, I think you should keep watching because there are like interesting things that happen. And it's interesting how he kind of eats away at his life. So I, I think it's worth a watch. I thought it was going to be not ha- not knowing much about it. I thought it was going to be a little bit about that movie. What about Bob? Yes, but that's yeah, where Bob, the patient, actually ends up taking over the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist, psychiatrist life. life, and and they also become inappropriately close. But that's because the patient uh, yeah. was inappropriate, and that yeah. was uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray and Richard D- Dreyfuss, one of my favorite movies. Yes, yeah, that was a good movie. Do you think it holds up that movie today? Yes, it does. You've seen it recently? <laughs> yes. yes. And I mean, the part where he goes sailing is still hilarious. Just everyone watch What About Bob if you haven't. Really? You think my kids will like it? Yes, I think it's funny. Okay, maybe I'll watch it with them. So don't look up. I did not like, I didn't really enjoy the first 30 minutes of it, but I powered through and it did get better. You didn't enjoy the first 30 minutes of it. Why? What happens in the first 30 minutes of it? Maybe it was only the first 20. That movie's too long. That would be my main problem with it. But uh, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. 
So I powered through the, it's just a, it's a satire about how shitty the world is. And I know how shitty the world is. So it was just not funny to me. It was like painfully unfunny to me. Really? Yeah. I thought it was funny and I thought it was great. My family agreed with you. That's why I, I powered through with it. I was like, okay, they liked it and it did get better. Like the second half. And I mean, it made some good points. And then my husband told me that he read like an article um, from a bunch of scientists that they wrote, like saying, like, don't look up, love it or hate it. This is like actually how we feel this is like, you know, how Leonardo DiCaprio, like as a scientist is going through all that stuff. And they were telling him, you know, like when you go on a news segment, just don't talk in numbers. And he was like, but science is all numbers. That's how they feel like they feel like they can't actually explain things to people the way that it is. Um I thought I was going to hate it. I, I really did. I, I was expecting to hate it because my daughter, my middle daughter had seen it, said she liked it, but said, I don't know if you guys are going to like it, blah, 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 blah. So I, I kind of was like, am I not going to like it? And first of all, I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was amazing. And he's amazing. He's like, he's like, he was his heartthrob, but he's just a great actor. And, it's, and you just realize it every time you see him in something else. He's really great. He's right? he's been one of my favorite actors since like what's eating Gilbert great like since yeah. I saw the movie. I always forget, you know, that he's 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 not just like a pretty boy. He's a great actor. Oh, he's a great actor. And my only problem is that with him is that he only does a movie every two to three years now. So I'm like, I guess that was probably my, you know, I went into that movie like just wanting to see him. I hadn't seen him in so long, and he usually does dramas, which I guess this was a drama, but it was a satire. So. I thought he was fantastic. He, he was, absolutely. But I'm like, oh, no, I have to wait two more years. But the other thing I thought was great was, I, I just thought it was really fun. I, and I thought it was very much what's going on in the world. But then I also loved, now I'm blanking on who the female lead was. Why am I blanking on her? Uh, it was Meryl Streep and it was Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, who I love. Mm -hmm. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I'm a huge, I, I don't know why I forgot who it was for a minute. For a minute, I was going to say, I thought it was Emma Stone, but um, who I could have seen in the role also. But I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great. And I thought Jonah Hill was great. And I loved the whole part of um, Jennifer Lawrence perseverating about why the general made her buy, made them buy the chips. Like that was just a funny bit. And I thought it was great. And each time they would talk, like, it's funny when they throw something weird into, you know, that doesn't further the script at all, but it was great. I, I, I love that bit. I love that bit. I just think it could have been shortened by like 20 minutes, but that's just a personal preference. I think maybe they could have gotten rid of the Ariana Grande singing bit, but like they could have just done away with her role altogether and made it a tighter movie. That's just my opinion. No, I thought it was, I, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was really fun. And I, and again, I didn't expect to think it was fun, but I really, I was pleasantly surprised about how fun it was. It's kind of like uh, Armageddon a little bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just named the worst movie I've ever seen. I loved Armageddon. I don't know how to say away from You didn't like Armageddon? That is one of the few movies I walked out of. I was like Did really Bruce young. Willis? I left the theater. With yeah. Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis? That's the one. You should yeah. watch it again. You should watch it again. I can't make it through as like a, a small child. I don't think I can make it through. I think it was a, a really fun, stupid, silly movie. And and not only that, it had 
a great love, love scene, love connection, great music. You know, that one song, uh, I don't want to dance when I missed you, girl, and I don't want to miss around. I, I don't know the name of that song. Do you know that song? It like ends with, I don't want to miss a thing, but mess around, fine. But it's by I don't know. Steven Tyler. I know, the words, <laughs> I know the words to every single song. They're just <laughs> different words from what the original plan was. But those are the words. What's the name of that song? I, I don't know. I don't want to miss a thing, maybe. It was just so romantic, I thought. Yeah, it was. And Liv Tyler was in it. Steven Tyler's daughter. And he's singing right. to her. I Liv guess. Tyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked it. No, I mean, movies are meant to entertain. So if it entertained you, then it hit the mark. That's all that matters. It did entertain. It totally entertained. That's it. That's all I've got. So I guess I don't really need to watch a shrink next door since I know what happens, but I recommend you do. Yeah. I'll watch another episode or two. There's just so much stuff out there that I, and Ozark's out now. So I got to start watching Ozark. I know we haven't, we haven't started that yet. Um, Yeah. And then the Gilded Age came up on HBO max. I'll probably check that out. It's, um, it's from the guy that did downtown out downtown Abbey. Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. You're probably not interested in that. That's all. And there you go. And there's gross anatomy. None of it's medical related, I guess. That's wrapped up gross anatomy in a bow. Although I'm sure somebody dies some kind of weird death on Ozark. We could probably talk about medically. People will die. That's Mm -hmm. very true. (laughs) We start with death. We'll end with death. That's gross anatomy. And there you go. And there you go. Rule of threes. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us, everyone. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.